Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, it is, uh, Apostle Bread doesn't need any introduction in this house, except for the few that maybe um, have not heard Apostle Brent, but he, he's really a son of this house. He was in our school for two years, and then he was on staff for two years, and um, for those that haven't heard this story, we tried so hard for him to get his green card. And, you know, spending money, doing everything, we did not want him to leave. He did not want to leave. He was going to reach the world from here because it fit our vision perfectly, but he couldn't get that green card. And I remember we were outside of the ITC building, and we were sitting at the picnic table, and I'm crying, and he's crying, and we go, you know, maybe God just wants you to go back to Trinidad. We don't know how that could ever be, but it's possible, right? And no, but actually we began to recognize that that was the will of the Lord. And he went back and uh, he began to model a new way of leading. He began to model uh, a, a prophetic voice that was unlike what they had experienced. And he is now, he has, um, he started a church in the South and he launched a church in the North two years ago. Is that right? And uh, they're both just growing, and he's impacting that nation. And it's not just about the growth of the church. It's about impacting the nation. And so even though he travels throughout the nations, God has really planted inside of him uh, a kingdom model that will impact that whole nation powerfully. I'm just so proud of who he is. And, um, and I'll just close with this before he comes up, but you can come up now, but You'll see this man is gifted, and I appreciate his gift. I love, I value his gift, I value his anointing, and I should have worn my heels today. It's picnic day, all right? But you know what I really love about this man? Is his character, is his heart, is his willingness. This renowned prophet of Trinidad comes to what felt like the middle of nowhere, a place that he didn't want to go, but he obeyed God. And he was, be, he was willing to pull back from what he knew to step into what he didn't know. And so God has just advanced him, but recognize it takes character to be that type of person. So I honor his gift, but I honor the man. I love you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be home. Yeah, it's good to be home. God is, God is awesome. And um, really, I'm thankful to all that I've received being here. And uh, a lot of um, healing took place. A lot of transformation took place. And uh, sometimes you don't understand God's journey for your life. And sometimes you just have to be obedient. And in coming here was really being obedient. 
But after three accidents, you recognize you're out of the will of God and you need to get into the will of God. So you hop on a plane and obey the voice of God. So I'm really excited to be here. I, I bring you greetings from my lovely wife. She's back home. Uh, she didn't come with me on this trip. Uh, actually, she tends to choose what trips you go on because she's like, I don't understand all this flying and all this thing. I don't like all that work. <laughs> but she's home, and uh, as as um, Dr. Melody said, we have two churches, both north and south. Um, so she is she is there, seeing about that. Uh, a lot has been happening. God has really been um, challenging us to step out to do uh, a lot of great things, and um, we're just seeing seeing His hand move in such a powerful way. All right. Um, also excited this morning to have uh, my spiritual son, and I won't say he's my spiritual son, I more say he's my adopted son, because he kind of have a way of getting what he wants with me. <laughs> Not everybody really have that. <laughs> but years ago when he came to our ministry, uh, had mentored him um, in the prophetic, and he came to our ministry, he had a desire to, to go to school in, in Santa Rosa Beach at Christian International so, you know, I said to him, I said, well, if this is your desire and this is your passion and this is what you want to do, I'll help you. I didn't know what I was stepping into. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he, he finished his three years. He's, he's married now. He lives in Florida. He is still at CI and works, works on staff there at CI. So I wanted to just come and bring greetings before I can. Ah. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. I was um, thinking in my head, it's, it's so cool. Like, I love Dr. Melanie and Papa Steve. And everywhere I go, like, they're like my grandparents to be connected to such a cool legacy because if, if, if Mama Melanie and Papa Steve is his spiritual parents, then they're my grandparents, right? <laughs> and their DNA is interwoven somewhere inside of me. So it's a great uh, privilege to get to know some really cool people. So I just want to bring you guys greetings. My wife couldn't be here today. She's at home, my beautiful wife. But we are, I just love, like I told dad, it's been four years that I haven't um, just been around him. You know, we've been in different places. We've seen each other. But just have the opportunity to sit under his anointing, sit under his word, and just to mess with him. You know, <laughs> like it's not just all Holy Ghost. It's just like just messing with him. I just... As a son and, and as a man, he has done, he has allowed me to become the person that I have, and he's played a pivotal role in being that example for me. So I just want to bring you guys greetings. I think he, you guys are in for uh, a life-changing moment, not th through him, but through the God in him. And I'm excited, and I hope you guys are excited too, because something good is about to happen. Amen? Bless you guys. Amen. Praise the Lord. I told myself I have to try and, and pronounce my words so that you can hear me and understand me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, because of the accent and because in Trinidad we speak really fast <laughs> and some things we say you may not understand, but I'm going to try my best. So Holy Ghost is going to interpret for you. <laughs> But even while we were in worship, I, I just really sensed that the Spirit of God was speaking and he was saying to me that some of you, um, the enemy would have 
told you that you have missed God's timing. And some of you have been dealing with disappointment. And the Lord said, don't be a victim of disappointments. Because there would have been some things that you would have believed God to do, but didn't happen. And as a result, sometimes we say, well, I'm not going to be on fire as I used to be because I don't want to be disappointed. I'm not going to step out and do this because I don't want to be disappointed. I would hold back. And, and the tendency when we have experienced disappointment is to hold back. But there is a, there is a, a, a doctor, uh, uh, a young doctor in Guatemala, and there's a church in Guatemala that we cover that is part of our network. And um, she gave birth to a child, had a baby, and about three months later, the baby died. And she prayed, and they prayed, and they warred, and nothing happened. Then she's working, and where she's working, another baby died. And the Lord spoke to her and said, pray for the baby. She prayed for the baby, and the baby came back alive. I mean, the baby was already sent to the mortuary. She went down there, prayed for the baby, and the baby came alive. Now, when she was sharing the story with me, in my mind, I'm not too sure if I would have done that because this would have been some form of, but God, you didn't come true for me. Why would you want to come true for her? Why would you want me to do this after I've faced disappointment in this area? But that didn't stop her because she believed God's word. And one thing she said to me that really really brought a transformation to my heart. She said, in spite of what happened with my child, I shouldn't rob somebody else of what God wants to do in their lives. And she said, I am a miracle worker because I'm called to be that. And, and God has been doing some amazing things. So I really just sense that, that some of you have experienced some form of disappointment uh, even coming into this year. And it's just like, Lord, you spoke a word. And why it is that this happened instead of this happened. But God's word does not return to him void. I've recognized that sometimes it is our interpretation of the word that limits the power that will come when the word is spoken. Uh, a few days ago, I was down in Washington, and um, I got up in the hotel, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this month of June is the beginning of a crossover season, that you're crossing over into something new. And I got excited because I did a Facebook Live, which is very rare for me, and I had the most shares, the most likes that, uh, upon any other thing that I've put up on Facebook. So I know that God will really speak into the body of Christ. So you are celebrating 37 years today, and we celebrate all that have done. But I'm sure 37 years ago, what the vision of giving light looked like, it don't look the same right now. 
and, and you're moving forward into a, a whole new season. You're stepping into uh, another year. And I'm sure you don't know what it's going to look like. Because things change. And transformation takes place. So this morning I want to talk to you about crossing over into the new and enlarging your influence. Crossing over into the new and enlarging your influence. In Isaiah, which is a scripture that we know, Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So he said, behold, I do a new thing. And what is striking about that? He says, now it shall spring forth. Now is not next year, not next week, not sometime down the road. Now is now. <laughs> now is now. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. And now. Is going to spring forth. And I believe that we are about to see that when God speaks, you're going to see the results of it happen instantly in many areas of our life. Also, in Isaiah 54, 1 to 3, it said, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the, than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. But here is the next step. Enlarge the place of your tent. Turn to your neighbor and say, enlarge the place of your tent. It's important that you understand that God is bringing you into an enlarged place and you need to enlarge your space and get ready to do big things, great things, amazing things, amazing things. He said, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. Understand that what God has begun to do in the midst of you is not just for your location, it is for the entire world. The entire world. If it's one thing I learned in being at this ministry is what it is to be international. What it is to think outside the box of your geographical location. <laughs> Understand that a shift has been commanded from heaven to earth. And it's important that we transition with the shift into the new. The face of the church that the world is seeing now has begun to change. The face of the church. Now, if you ask anyone, what are you doing? I'm going to church. The world sees us as a group of people that come in a building, that sing song and act strange. 
And someone would get up and preach some message that motivates the people to act more strange. And they didn't see us as, okay, that is the church. But the church is much more than that. And that's why I believe, and the Lord spoke this to me, that there's, another, there's going to be another Jesus movement. And, 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 and it's important that we understand what that Jesus movement is going to look, look like. What will mark this movement are three things, I believe. Love, power, and discipleship. Love, power, and discipleship. So when they see us, they're going to see love. They're going to encounter love. Because why? God is love. So they're going to encounter love. But they're also going to encounter the hand of God, his power. Now, they have looked at us and they have seen power, but they have not seen love. They have come to the church and they have been more attacked than love. So they're going to see love, they're going to see power, but discipleship, which talks about discipline according to the, 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 the ways of the kingdom. One of the things that just recently, uh, the end of last year, uh, I asked a question to the church, and I asked them how many can tell me uh, the elementary teachings of Christ. Nobody could. In the entire congregation, Nobody could have told me anything. I got worried. Because when, when, you, when you're pastoring a church, you want to ensure that what you are preaching, people are being transformed. And if they don't know the elementary teachings about faith and laying on our hands and, and, and the blood and all these different, if they don't know the elementary teaching. Why should I even continue to tell them about the apostolic and the prophetic and taking nations if they don't know who they are? So we shifted things. And I told them, I said, for, for this year, 2019, we're going to have no conferences. And we're going we're gonna to focus on discipleship. We, had, we have um, evangelism teams that will go out and people will get saved and they will come in or even they will come to church and they will give their life to the Lord. And we, because we didn't have a proper discipleship program in place, we lost them. Now, some stayed on because some really true had a conversion that really, you know, they began to pursue God. But there were those that were kind of on the line that just needed some support. And the support was not there. So I told the folks, I said, those of you that have been, have been in this church for a long time, you're going to begin to disciple the new ones that come in. So when someone gets saved, you're assigned this person to teach them and to disciple them for a whole year. That is your assignment. Why discipleship is so important? Because we need to teach the next generation what is required of them when it comes to the kingdom. Now, the face of the church is changing because in Matthew 16, 13 to 19, it talks about when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, 
he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Then he goes on to say, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Here it is that Jesus comes into a region, and he asks the question to the disciples, because he came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now you need to understand Caesarea Philippi was a city known um, for there was at the Mount of Heron, or Haman. On its southern slope, it was a very high mountain, but on the southern part of the mountain, there was a beautiful, it was beautiful. There was a cave at the bottom of that mountain where there were a, like a spring, like a river that flows into the Jordan River. It was a place where other gods... Other religion, the ancient Canaanites built a sanctuary to Baal at that place. The Greeks and the Romans also built sanctuaries there because of the cave of Pan. Inside the cave was a seemingly bottomless pit with an unlimited quantity of water which made the pagans marveled. It was, it was in this area that the first king of Israel led the northern kingdom of Israel into idolatry. This was also the same place where the Greeks and the Romans received revelation from the god of Pan, who was mentioned in classical writings as a seer, or fortune teller, and a giver of revelations. So understand that when Jesus came and asked the question, he was asking the question in a region where there were many gods, many spiritual activities, many religious activities. Everybody was doing something because they thought that was a sacred place. And he comes and he says, I will build my church. <laughs> My church. Why? Because church, ecclesia, there were other places that they call church around there that worship other gods. Now, he said, I build my church. What is his church? And are we really operating based on his structure of his church? Now, the next thing that happens 
Right after you read, Jesus talks and he, he talks to them that if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to deny yourself and follow me. He gives out all of that. He talks about all of that. And, and, and he's explaining to them, listen, he told, he, told, he, told, um, he told Peter, when Peter came and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, Upon this rock I build my church. Now, for a long time we say, Well, upon this revelation, God is going to build my church. Well, really and truly, when he said, Upon this rock, he was really mean upon the mountain. Because right after that, they go up. When Jesus is transfigured in the next chapter, it's a continuation. If you read it, it's a continuation. So Jesus goes with Peter and John and, 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 and the other disciple, and they go up. Three of them go with him. And, and here it is that in Matthew 17, 1 and 8, it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them his face shone like the sun his clothes became as white as light and behold Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with them then Peter answered and said to Jesus Lord it is good for us to be here if you wish let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Why? Because they're in the region of Caesarea Philippi. You build a temple. You build something of worship. Here it is. It goes on to say, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly the voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. So therefore, what should be the action or the response of the church? Hear the voice of God. Now how many know hearing the voice of God? doesn't always explain to you clearly what you need to do. <laughs> Come on. He comes and he says, okay, I want you to do this, and I want you to go here, and you're like, how am I going to do this? How long do I? And he's like, he don't give you the details. I mean, he, he spoke to Abraham and said, leave that country, leave that, leave that kindred, go on to a land, I'll show thee. Okay, God, where's the land? I'll show thee. How long do it take to get the land? I'll show thee. <laughs> and when it don't work out the way you plan, you get disappointed. But here it is that the Lord said, hear, hear him. And what is important to understand that, that we, 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 we recognize that the church, the name church, have really been mentioned three times in the Bible. Kingdom have been mentioned more than 60 times in the Bible. So when he, when he said, I build my church, really was saying, he said, listen, I'm going to establish an institution that is going to be higher than all the rest of these things. You don't think there was a reason why he brought them to the top of the mountain, where to the bottom of the mountain were all the other temples? 
And he brought them to the top. And here, Moses and Elijah appears. Moses represents the written word. Elijah represents the revealed word. And he comes and said, listen, this is how you're going to build my church. Based on the written word, based on the revealed word. And you're going to build my church. But it is not going to look like that church. I was ministering in a conference and I made a statement that really caused a lot of people to get upset. <laughs> I'm known for that. <laughs> but I said, I said, we need to cut our ties with Mother Rome. Because there have been so many things, patterns and systems that have been in what we call church that have been passed on from since when Roman Catholicism started. Now, if you jump back, you recognize in history that man began to tell you how Christianity ought to go. But here it is that God is saying, it is not based on man because it is not based on a ritual. It's not based on a format. You see, Christianity is about relationship. You have a relationship. So when he says, when he says, hear him, he was actually saying, listen, come into a relationship with him. And in that place of relationship, he will reveal to you and show you what you need to know and what you need to do. Don't build a system based on what you think. Don't build a system based on your past experience of something. But be open to what God has planned and what God has ordained. All right? So, how do we align ourselves to cross over? How do we align ourselves to cross over? Seeing that we are the church and really it's all about the kingdom. I told, I told the folks, I said, when we build our church, I think I'm going to have tables and chairs. Because when you come into the house, we worship, but you come to be trained. You come to be taught. You come to, you come to receive. Now, how many know if you sit down for 45 minutes, you're not going to remember nothing that you heard for 45 minutes? Some of you already have zoned out in your mind <laughs> with me speaking. You might remember one or two things. So that's why it's important that you take notes. It's important that you understand because what you receive on a Sunday ought to empower you to go through the week. So you ought not to be picking up the phone and calling and saying, um, Pastor, I don't know what to do. He probably preached that on Sunday, I saw what to do, but you just didn't pay attention. <laughs> because you zoned out after 10 minutes. Your attention span went whoosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do we cross over? How, how to align to cross over? How to align to cross over? And I'm going to share with you five things. Number one, break free from the traditional mindsets. Break free from the traditional mindset. There are mindsets that we hold on to that have become obsolete. 
And what I mean by that is that there are some things that we believe that times have changed, but we have not changed. We're still holding on to it. I, I, I went, when I was in Washington, I went to the, 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 one of the museums there. I think this historical one, some one of them. And I went in and they were showing the first cell phone. When I look at that, I was like, wow. <laughs> you made this big thing, you know. Time has changed. The moment you buy a phone, it has become obsolete. <laughs> Why it is that we still hold on to mindsets that are not truth. Truth is set. But there are things that we think and believe based on our experience, based on what we have encountered that we have set, and it become a tradition. There are many traditions we have in our church, in our culture, and we hold on to it because we want, we want, the, we want to, to live by it. Mindsets which built because of bad experiences, fears, hurts, and insecurities. We do the same thing over and over and no change. So the first thing, you've got to break free from traditional mindset. Secondly, expose your heart to truth. Expose your heart to truth. A healed heart would hold new wine, but a broken heart would leak the new wine out. Expose your heart to truth. We had a situation that we had to deal with at our ministry with, with a particular staff member. And the, 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 the side of me, there was a side of me that wanted to just like, strangle you, beat you. Now that's the, the side of Brent that, that's supposed to be dead. <laughs> but I had to let love take over. And it was spreading in the body and things were being said and things were being done and, 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 and people didn't have, the, they didn't have the, the truth about things so they were saying what they think, what they feel. But I got up and I said, I said to the congregation, I, was, I didn't know what I was talking about, but I said, I choose to love. And I'm not going to deal with any situation unless love is flowing. And I made a decision there that I must not allow my emotions, my feelings, my thinking about how it should be, override the fact that I love you. I must love you even though you hate me. I must love you even though you are attacking me. And whatever situation, I must deal with it in love. So until love is flowing, I'm not going to deal with it. But you need to expose your heart to truth because the enemy must not have the key to the back door of your heart. He must not be able to get access because you may tell yourself, okay, for instance, a situation may occur and somebody may say something and you get offended. And you hold on to the offense. And then the next time you see them, you're just like, I really don't want to be around that person. I don't want to see that person. I'm going on the other side. Yet, you are saying you're a Christian, praising God. You know, flowing in the giftings, having nice, you know, everyone look at you like, wow, look at you. But inside of your heart, you're carrying offense. 
How many know the devil knows <laughs> offense is still there? And he said, okay, go ahead. Look good. Look cute. You parade yourself. I wait on the right time because I've got the key to come in and come in and show forth the offense on the inside. And that's why it's so important that even though, and I told the folks, I said, one thing that I've learned is that when, when I experience hurt, what I, must, what I must do, run to God and say, God, I'm hurting. Heal my heart. Touch the depths of my soul. And bring transformation to me. And when he have dealt with it, and we have dealt with it, then I could come and say, I can love them. And if, he, if I need to communicate something, I will communicate it in love, not in anger, not in, not in bitterness, you know. The power to destiny is found in your personality. Your power to destiny is not found in your personality, but is walking in your true identity. We all have a personality, and our personality have been shaped by needs. God do use our personality to get certain things done, but we must not be governed by it. We must walk in our true identity. And for you to know your true identity, you need to encounter the Father's love. Because when the Father speaks to you, he speaks out of love and love fills your love tank because you know we all have a love tank. <laughs> and when he speaks, it fills a love tank and we're able to walk in our identity. And when we walk in our identity, we fulfill our destiny. There are many people that want to fulfill destiny being led by their personality and they're making a mess of it. Because you are going to think a certain way that is not the same way God is thinking. You might do something and say, well, okay, I'm just going to do it because I can do it. And God is saying, yeah, but it's not time to do it. That's not the way to do it. All right? The next thing is understand that what season you are in now. Yeah. What season are you in now? Knowing what is required of you now will position you for your next season. And this may be a season to be still. This may be a season to stay in the word. This may be a season to build relationships. You need to understand the season that you are in now. Because you may miss when is that time to transition into the next season. And if you don't know what is required of you in this season, and you're not obedient in this season, when you transition into the next season, you may make a mess of things. Because the areas in your heart that God wanted to deal with in the last season, that you didn't allow him to deal with, you step in now to the new season, and you're going to respond based on the last season. And your response in this new season may not be what is required. And you may miss or make a mess of the new season that you're in. A matter of fact, sometimes I believe that you will not transition over into certain seasons if you have not complete what is required in this season. It's important. So understand what season that you're in. The next thing, align yourself with the right people. 
Align yourself with the right people. Not everybody's going to be going where you're going. I've recognized in, in, in passing a church, I, I, you know, I, I, I told the congregation that, and, and you're really normally not supposed to say this. <laughs> but I, I said, I said, you know, I love every one of you, but I'm not going to pay a price for every one of you. And I explained to them, I said, if you're willing to pay the price to follow God, I'm willing to pay the price with you. But if you're not willing to pay a price to follow God, don't expect me to leave what I am doing to come help you. Don't, don't, don't expect that. Actually, I said to them, I said, your emergency is not my emergency. It becomes my emergency. It becomes my assignment when God comes and says to me, you need to attend to this. My heart is sudden. I had a, a, a member of a church that died um, this last week here. The thing about it is that I went into the hospital before I left um, to, to, to speak to speak with him because, because of how I had so much of things we were doing, I, I really couldn't go. And I had my other pastoral staff go and, and, and see him. And um, he one day his, um, his son-in-law was there with him and he keep on saying, Brent Pedro, Brent Pedro. So his family don't really come to the church, so they didn't know who was Brent Pedro. So then, um, then his daughter came and his daughter um, spoke to him, and then daughter was able to say, oh, that's his pastor, call, call his pastor. So I had to shift things to go and see him. Went and saw him and spoke with him. And, and the thing about it, I had a dream the night before, and in the dream, uh, I, I, I went to see him. And he wasn't, wasn't in the ward that he was. He was in another ward. So I went to see him, and I spoke with him. And he asked me the question, you think it's time for me to go? Or you think I should stay? And in the dream, I said to him, I said, I think you should stay, man. I think we still have need for you, and God still have plans for you. He said, okay, I think I'll stay. So, you know, when I had that dream, I had, oh, confident. I mean, God, God's going to do some miracles, you know. Something's going to happen. So I go into the, I go to the, the hospital, and, 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 and when I go to the hospital, to the ward that I thought that he was, they said, no, he's not at this ward. He had another ward. So I get even more excited. I'm like, oh, the, word, the, the dream has come to pass. <laughs> I come, and I, and I come, and I, and I, and I meet him, and, and, and the nurse who attended him, I tell the nurse, go. Uh, my father's here. You can leave. And, and he, this man is 72. And telling the nurse, my father is here. <laughs> but I come and I, I, I come and, I, and I, I pray with him and I talk and, and he, he, he's a joker. So he's making jokes and his wife came in and his daughter came in and they say, wow, you're looking better than you looked the past week. I mean, he was an ICU. You know, I mean, they had to really do America. I mean, they was losing it, you know. And so he was doing good. So I prayed for him and I told him, I said, hey, I got to go on a trip. You know, I'll be gone for three weeks. When I come back, we'll talk. Because the same day, this, the, the, the same day he got sick, he was in church that Saturday. And we were supposed to, to have an appointment. But he brought a friend and he said, let my friend go and meet with you because I can meet with you all the time because she was going through something. I said, okay, no problem. And we joke about some things. 
So when I came and I saw him and everything, and I told him, hey, I'm going for, I'm going for three weeks. When I come back, I'll talk with you. And then I get a, 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 a message from my wife, so-and-so passed away. And I'm saying, no, no I, I don't understand this, God. You give me this dream, you know. And I had to deal with the disappointment. I had to deal with the pain. I had to deal with everything because it's, it's, it, it, it was so deep. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you don't understand how God is doing, what God is doing in the midst of it. But it's important that you align yourself with the right people. When you align yourself with the right people, and I could tell you, I told, I told, um, I told, I, I sent a message to the, to, the, to the sister and to the wife and so forth. And I said, listen, it have been a privilege for the last two years to be his pastor. Why? Because when he, come, when he came to me, every son, every Saturday, well, excuse me, Saturday night, Every Saturday he comes to me, I just want to shake your hand. I just want to receive of the anointing. And I just want to tell you, I am so blessed to be here. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know. I ain't going nowhere. He was connected. So my heart really, you know, I can't be there for the funeral. My wife is going to do it. You know, I can't be there. But yet I know. As I told a friend of mine, if it's one person I know that I could say, do you have sinning buddies in present Lord? Is that person. Yeah. How they live their life and everything. So you need to align yourself with the right people. Not everyone will go with you into the new. Some may hinder you by the traditional mindset. If God disconnects you from some people, there's a greater purpose. Don't become overwhelmed and don't become disappointed. All right? And the last thing, receive from heaven's blueprint. Receive from heaven the blueprint. Now, it's important that you receive from heaven because remember God said, I build my church. So it's not based on a man's opinion of a thing. It's based on what the word says. It's based on what the word says. It's important that you receive the blueprint. So you need to position yourself to hear what heaven is saying. His voice will lead you and faith will be birthed in you. Because you cannot build based on your own strategies and knowledge. You got to hear. And I can tell you this. I'm, I've heard this from many that I've spoken to. That, you know, the beginning of this year, because, um, uh, because of, I thank God for, for here. Mama taught me well. So I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. I love order. So they know by time September of one year, they know exactly what's going to happen for the next year. Because I already plan. I already have everything in. So September came. December, December came. And they were like, all the leaders are like, so what is the direction we're going? I don't know. They're like, okay, all right. We will we wait. January came, we had we had leadership meeting. So we're excited to hear where we're going. I don't know. <laughs> 
And I told him, I do not have anything for this year. And they were like, you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I said, things have shifted. Things have shifted. We are just going to go as the Spirit of God lead us. Now, there are some things that are set, and there are some things that are in place that are not going to change. But sometimes we can so plan and strategize that we plan him out of it. And, 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 and when a situation occurs, we say, but God, you supposed to. Really? Or was it that I was supposed to come into alignment with what he's saying and what he's doing? Given light, this is your crossover season into great places of influence. There is no limitation. The only limitation might be here in your mind that you may tell yourself, I can't. You may tell yourself, I've experienced too much disappointment. You may tell yourself, I feel like if, if I step out, it may not work out. It's all right. It's not about you. It's about him. And you're part of the kingdom. You're part of the kingdom of God. That's why they talk about let's go up to the mountain of the Lord and learn his ways. <laughs> You're part of a kingdom that is greater. Technology has stepped in. But not everyone has stepped into the technology. Because mindsets may tell us, well, this is a comfortable place. I remember um, my father, my physical father, <laughs> at one season in his life, to put on the microwave <laughs> was a challenge. And he, he, used to ask, he used to ask us to come upon the microwave to heat his food. Um, and he said, do it quietly because he didn't want my mom to find out. <laughs> because my mom had showed him many times. The same thing was with a washing machine. Anything that is with technology, my father would have been like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. I remember when he retired from school, and he was a school principal. When he retired, they brought out a brand new computer. And my sister and I sat down and laughed because we're like, he's not going to touch that. <laughs> and he never did. <laughs> Why? Because affairs because of things that he would have experienced. What fears are limiting you from stepping into your destiny? What past disappointments are limiting you from stepping forward? What things, I mean, just think about the way we dress to come to church now. 27 years ago, you couldn't dress like this to come to church. They think of you... <laughs> But things have changed. <laughs> things have changed. But are you changing? Are you moving with what he is doing?
Not what man is doing, because man will have his opinion. And I say this because there are many things in the church I recognize that we have done that have been man's interpretation and have been passed on as a tradition. And we have so limited our potential because tradition says no. And we have labeled the church as being this, when actually it's not. It is not. Praise the Lord. How many received something this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm going to minister to some of you. Father, I just even pray right now, God, that you are releasing an understanding that is going to break free every confusion that it would have been in their minds. I thank you, Lord God, that this is a new season. Even as a ministry, they are transitioning into a new season. I thank you, Lord, that they have been obedient every step of the way to do exactly that you have commanded. And I thank you, Lord God, that this is going to be a great season of breakthrough. In Jesus' name.